once I really went deep rather than broad, things started to open up for me. So becoming really, really good at what I was doing, in this case, craniosacral therapy. And that's not to say, oh, I'm all that in a bag of chips, but I really made the conscious effort. I want to become as masterful at this as I can. And that means showing up every day, learning something new about it every day, practicing my skills every day so that I could really start to step into my power as this, okay, you are the craniosacral therapist in town. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Krimitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. If you ask me what tool has been the most impactful for my business... I would without a doubt tell you that it's been meditation. Meditating has always been a way for me to get quiet with myself and hear my inner voice who always knows what's best for me. Let's face it, we women entrepreneurs are bombarded with social media feeds, events, and so-called experts telling us what we should do to grow our businesses and have success. But at the end of the day, We each know what the right moves are for us in order to feel truly fulfilled and aligned in our companies. This is why I created the Meditation for Women podcast, so that you can have a powerful tool created with you in mind to help you hear your inner voice, find peace in moments of high anxiety, and let's be honest, we all have that in our businesses, and ultimately take the next best steps in your journey as a woman. So go check it out. Just search for Meditation for Women in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show right now. And if you love it, subscribe, rate it, and review it. I would love to share this gift of meditation with you as you continue your own beautiful journey. They say that the riches are in the niches. But how does this actually work? Today's conversation with Mindy Totten will give you a really practical and robust answer to that question. Mindy is a bodywork therapist who specializes in cranial sacral therapy, a very specific technique that she was introduced to years ago when she herself used it as a way to heal her own chronic pain. During this incredible conversation, Mindy shares about why she decided to niche down her practice, shifting from offering everything to becoming the go-to expert for cranial sacral therapy and how she did it. She goes over very specific strategies she did in order to get her current clients on board and how she grew her practice from there. We also discuss the big questions that I'm going to call them that you can ask yourself that will help you become clear on where you should put your time and effort as you are on your own journey so you know where and how to niche your own services and ultimately how to design the life that you really want to live. 
Oh, girl, lifestyle design, we're talking about it today. Because what came from Mindy after specializing was thinking about what she wanted her life to really look like versus just hustling to grow that specialty business. And the version that she saw for herself after she asked one of those big questions was the beach. So she began organizing her work and her days so that she could do hands-on work for two days out of the week and spend the other five days at the beach. If you're hungry to feel real results in your business and you'd like to stop doing everything to bring in money and instead just do the work that you love and make great money doing it, and on top of that, you'd like to organize that work so that you're living a holistic life that you get to design, then this is the episode to listen to. So sit back and enjoy this incredible conversation with Mindy. Mindy, what's going on, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. Katie, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, you are coming to me. You're calling in live from the beach, right? So (laughs) That's my thing, girl. Yep. Curry Beach, North Carolina. So nice. So nice. I have this desire. So I'm close to the beach, but not on the beach. My husband and I were just talking the other day about how, okay, in the very near future... We have a baby coming up. So we're looking at like a year plus. I was like, let's just like rent a house out on the beach, just like on the beach to just play. Let's play and have some fun because we can and we've got that lifestyle, right? So I'm loving that you're calling from the beach. (laughs) I'm feeling it. (laughs) I'm beach girl at heart for sure. (laughs) Now, you and I are talking because we were introduced by the lovely Rachel Cook, one of my favorite people in this world. We both attended her CEO retreat in early 2018. And as I found out more about you, I was like, I've got to bring you on because the topics that we're about to talk about today feel are so relevant to women entrepreneurs and very purpose-driven women entrepreneurs like us who want to design a business that allows them to live out their gifts and also to have freedom and also to have abundance and make money and do all of these things. And there's oftentimes just so many different components of all of that. So I want to start by diving right in and asking you, why did you decide to niche down in your business? There's this idea like you keep hearing like niche down, niche down. But what was the real scenario that finally made you realize, I need to get more specialized? Well, I wish it was something really exciting and fancy, but actually it was simply not working for me. So back up just a second. So I have no business background at all, right? I used to be an English teacher and my husband and I traveled and we lived overseas. I taught in Berlin and then Istanbul and then Singapore. And when I was in Singapore, I got really, really sick. And something that helped me to heal was craniosacral therapy, which was something I'd never heard about before. I was like, just at that point in my life, I was like, just give me a pill so I can feel better, you know? And then that stopped working. And I'm the kind of woman, I think that you and I may be really similar in this. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm the kind of person... If it's not working, I'm just going to try to do it harder because by golly, I, I, <laughs> I have no it. idea what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can make it work. Let me just put my nose to ground. Let me just, I can make it work. And this illness changed all of that for me. So all of a sudden I couldn't make it work anymore and I needed to do something different. I had tried this wacky at the time, I thought it was wacky, craniosacral therapy, and it helped me to heal. So fast forward, we're back in America. I'm trying to figure out what the heck I want to do now because I loved teaching and I had this kind of really low point in my life. If I'm not going to be a teacher, then who am I going to be and what is my life going to be about? 
And I knew in my heart that I wanted to do this craniosacral therapy, but I was too old. I was too this, I was too that. I didn't know anything about anatomy. And I said, finally said, screw it, Mindy. You want to do this. You know in your heart you want to do this. So let's go. So I went to massage school, learned this thing, moved to a brand new town, moved at the time to Wilmington, North Carolina, where I knew no one except for my real estate agent and said, I know I'm going to open up a business. Because that's the first thing that comes to your mind in a brand new town. Absolutely. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong with no business background at all? And when you go to massage therapy or bodywork therapy school, they try to give you a little bit of background on what you should do for a business, but it's not enough. It really doesn't get you started. So I did what we all do. I got online and tried to Google my way out of the situation. And I found a couple of people who said, you have got to offer as many services as possible. You've got to try to get as many people in the door so that you can keep this business going. So I was like, yes, all right. Even though I know in my heart, I want to do this craniosacral therapy. I'm going to offer every single thing I've ever taken a class in. Massage therapy, aromatherapy, hot stones, Thai massage. And It was a complete disaster, of course. And for anyone thinking of niching down, what I would say is there's two reasons to do it. One is for you, right? So that you really focus on what you love to do. But one is for the other people. I really made the decision. I really had this pivot point one day when someone called and asked to come in for a Thai massage. Now, at this point, Katie, I hadn't given a Thai massage in probably two years And so, you know, I'm madly flipping through my old class notes, trying to remember the setup and everything. I had to move my table out of the space so I could do the Thai massage. And the person came in and I did my thing and it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It wasn't what I was called to do. So I wasn't feeling very good about it. And I wasn't serving the person. The person who came in wasn't getting the results that they could have gotten because I wasn't doing what I really was called to do. So at that point I said, okay, all the experts are telling me to do everything I'm going to do what I usually do, which is the opposite. (laughs) I said, what I really, really want to do is this craniosacral therapy. And so, I mean, we can talk all about how I actually niched down and and the steps that I took, but that's, that was the kind of the catalyst is I I don't want to do this half-assed anymore. I want to really do what my heart's calling me to do. What do you say to the people, and perhaps you felt this too, who feel like, well, I'm actually good at a lot of these things, or I actually really enjoy a lot of these things. So many times with a lot of my one-on-one clients, I'm asking that question of, here are the top four services that you offer. They're all very different. Like, What really brings you the most joy? And while they can answer with one definitive answer, they're really hesitant to let go of the others because the others also bring them joy. It's just not nearly as deep, let's say. So what what would you say to that? Or did you feel that? I felt it a little bit. I always knew that the craniosacral therapy was what I really wanted to do. But I think a big piece of it was the fear. So if I didn't do these other things, yeah, aromatherapy brought me joy. I was interested in it. That's fun to do as well. But I had this fear that if I didn't offer that anymore, I wasn't actually going to be able to make it doing this one thing. And the reality for me was the exact opposite. Once I really went deep rather than broad, things started to open up for me. So becoming really, really good at what I was doing, in this case, craniosacral therapy. And that's not to say, oh, I'm all that in a bag of chips, but I really made the conscious effort. I want to become as masterful at this as I can. And that means showing up every day, learning something new about it every day, practicing my skills every day so that I could really start to step into my power as this, okay, you are 
the craniosacral therapist in town. So that's how it started to grow. So getting really, really narrow, really following my heart, kind of letting go of the fear as much as possible. And that's hard, right? That's always hard. You know, what's hard about that is that there's some real stuff on the other end of that fear called... I have to say no to money that calls in for the other things, right? So like somebody calls in for the Thai massage that I'm saying no to money. And what does that mean about me that I'm saying no to money if that's not what I do, right? Like there's a very real thing there that when you are called to specialize and to niche down, you have to say no to people who are not in that niche. Right. Well, something that helped me tremendously, and this is where I went against expert advice as well, something to help me tremendously. So I've got this practice and I've got people coming in mostly for massage therapy and a couple people for craniosacral therapy. So I said, okay, I want the people who are already coming in to get a taste of this other thing to see what it's like. And so I offered, I don't know, 20 minute sessions free, just one, just one, not, oh, I think I might like this. Can I try another freebie? No. <laughs> either like this or you don't. And I had several people on the massage side say, yeah, this isn't really my thing. But most people said, this is really cool. What is it? This is really exciting. And the thing that I did that was different than what people told me to do is I charged the same price for the craniosacral therapy as I did for the massage therapy. So what would have been the norm? When you specialize, usually you have to charge so much more because you specialize. So a massage back in the day may have been $60 an hour and a craniosacral therapy session may have been $95 an hour. And I said, no, it's this is the price. So that people in the beginning wouldn't say, oh no, I don't want to do that other thing anyway, because it's more expensive. So it incentivized them to still dig their feet in deeper to it and give it more time to really fall in love with it and incentivize them to kind of come into your specialty because they didn't have to go outside of what they were already used to. Yes, yes. And people could come for one session. You know, I'll just try it. It's the same as my massage price. I'll just try it. And a couple people, several people said, it's not really for me, but such and so, such and so, such and so, such and so, I'm sending them to you for this because they could use this for sure. So once they got a taste of it, once they could actually feel it, they started referring people for the craniosacral therapy. Love it. Yeah. By the way, that is oftentimes a very forgotten benefit of specializing is that once you become known as that person who specializes in that, while your immediate people in your immediate sphere may or may not want that, they absolutely know people and they come across people. So it's an easy, immediate response to be like, oh, I know somebody who does that when they see the need. Right, right. And think about it. I'm new in this town and there's a a bazillion massage therapists in town and there's maybe one or two people who do this craniosacral therapy. And so I said, well, this is what I want to do anyway. I want, this is what my heart is telling me to do. Let me see how skilled I can become at it. And then exactly like you said, Katie, not only my clients start referring people, but you just start being known as the person who does this thing. So for your clients who you're coaching, who they say, oh, well, I have these other things that I do too. Well, what is it that you really, really, really want to do and become known as that person? Yeah, it's so, so true. So very specific to cranial sacral therapy. Forgive if I have like a universal ignorance on this, but what little I do know about it is that the therapy itself takes a short amount of time comparatively to like the relief that you would get from a massage, right? It depends. So it depends upon the condition, what you're working with, the issues that folks are going through. What people say is it's the deepest work that you'll ever do. Think about deep tissue and neuromuscular and, you know, elbows and rolfing and things like that, which is absolutely wonderful and so beneficial for people. 
Craniosacral therapy deals with the central nervous system. So that's really about as deep as you can go, but the touch is very, very gentle. So back in Singapore, the first time that I had craniosacral therapy, I kind of had one eye open the whole time. I was saying, what are you doing? You're not even doing anything. Like, what am I supposed to be feeling here? And so I said, okay, Mindy, you paid for the session. Just relax and just see how it goes here. And at the end of the session, it's like, whoa, something has shifted here. Something was different. So it's a very subtle therapy. And there's lots of modalities out there that are like that, that are very subtle, that go to the heart of the matter rather than treating some of the symptoms or the things that come up for people. Well, so the logistical question in regards to that is... And again, I don't know exactly how you quote unquote package your sessions for this, but I have worked with people in the past who do massage therapy and also do the cranial sacrum therapy. And their sessions might be like 15 minutes long versus the massage therapy that's like an hour. So people are used to being able to get, oh, it's X amount of dollars per hour versus, oh, it's 15 minutes for a session. And it's immensely helpful, right? So how do you... And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but perhaps even in a generalization of moving from a lot of different offers to moving to a very specific offer whose value might not be seen in the same language as the other values that you had in your other offers. Or you might language it differently, but the quality, the output, the result is immense. So I don't know if you dealt with that in your transition. I didn't because I do either a half hour or hour of craniosacral therapy, sometimes 90 minutes. So you were able to keep it sort of in that same language, let's say. Yeah. yeah. The thing that I started... So once I got focused on the craniosacral therapy and that, and my practice started to really fill up. Then I started niching down in a, a different way as well. And this is sort of, I don't know if you call it niching or if you call it streamlining or what, but I started to think, okay, so I'm doing the work that I want to do now, but I'm doing it whenever anybody else wants me to do it. And so I started, I was working six days a week, not 10 hours a day or anything, but just sort of whenever people could come in. And then I started to say, okay, well, you got really intentional before, Mindy, and you were able to narrow down. So what would your intention look like if you could have a week that you really wanted to have? And so I started to say, you know what, I'm only going to work four days a week and see what happens then. And it's the same thing that you were talking about with your clients. Well, if I get rid of one of these days, what's going to happen? I'm throwing money out the window, you know, leaving it on the table, whatever. And I found just, again, the opposite to be true. (laughs) So when people knew, okay, you're only working four days a week, I'm going to rearrange my schedule so that I can get in on one of those days that you're working. And so that was really liberating and really surprising for me, but really (laughs) pretty stoked that I could do this four-day week. And then I started thinking, I had this other kind of epiphany or this pivot where my specialty in craniosacral therapy is working with folks with chronic illness, chronic pain. And I was working with a man who had just been diagnosed with ALS. And the time from diagnosis to death with ALS is generally about two years. And so he was talking with me that he thought he had about two years to go. And later that night, I was thinking, wow, what would I do? if I knew I had two years left, like what would I actually do? And the answer, you know, sometimes Katie, when the answer comes in like so crystal clear, that guy came in just like that. And it said, I could just see myself doing it. I had this vision of me sitting on a beach chair on a deck, looking at the ocean. And I thought, wow, if I just had two years left, I would just want to be at the ocean. I would want to 
be and see the water and see. And so then I said, well, why the hell am I not doing that now? Why, why am I? <laughs> what are you waiting on girl? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so that was such an eye-opening experience that sometimes it's just like, oh yeah, I want a beach place. Just sort of a kind of a dream. It was for me. Oh yeah, I'd love to be at the beach. But after that, I was like, how can I do this? How can I get to the beach? And so a lot of different things happened and fell into place, but a lot of it was my intention and again, narrowing down. So now what I do is I work two days a week, hands-on in Wilmington, and I spend five days a week at the beach. And I work more than two days. So I also work um, coaching and mentoring other therapists on the business side of their practices. So, but I can do that. I've set that up so that I can do that just like we are right now. So I can do it from wherever. So the only time that I'm not at the beach because the beach is what I love is when I'm doing this hands-on work that I love. So I've tried to set it up where no matter where I am, I'm really feeling good either in my hands or in my heart, both. <laughs> that sounds so cheesy. No, it, does, it doesn't sound cheesy. And I, Mindy, what you're talking about is lifestyle design. And if you've been listening to this podcast for more than one episode, you get that I am such an advocate for lifestyle design and ultimately building a business what I call from the inside out, like building a business that A, is true to your heart and really is a vehicle for you to live out your gifts and to make an impact, right? That's why I have a business. That's what I love using my business for. And then ultimately allowing you to own that business versus the business owning your life and just creating a job for yourself. Basically, it's a cliche, but it's so true. We can easily get into the space of I now can make money on my own terms, quote unquote. And so now I need to hustle. I need to be in the hustle in order to do that. And I would imagine because you and I are both big fans of Rachel and she's very like anti-hustle and I know I am too. But it, getting out of the hustle requires that intention. It requires the very conscious thought of, okay, I'm becoming clearer and clearer about what I love doing and how that can best marry with the gifts of mine that people best need in a certain particular way, how it's easy for them to access that. And then now taking it a step further, how do I fit that into the lifestyle that's important to me? And what I love that you said is just simply asking yourself that question and over and over again, by the way, initially saying, what would I do if I had two years left? That if you listening, that is a very worthwhile question to ask. Or if you happen to have just gotten pregnant like myself, like if I could live any life between now and the next X amount of months until this new little one comes, what would that look like? Or now that I know I'm going to have two little ones running around, what does life look like? If I had two years to live, what would I want to spend my time doing? And then I love how that question to yourself constantly progresses to... I know we were just talking right before we pressed record that while you work the two days hands-on and then you spend the other time working at the beach, that you're now asking yourself, is there a way that I can maybe work one day less a week and, ha and expand more time chilling at the beach? And so when you start literally asking yourself that question, this sounds so stupid and obvious, but un until you actually either verbalize or get that question out of you or think about that very consciously you're not going to have an answer. It's going to be vague because the natural answer to any of those questions are, well, okay, so how do I make that work? Right. And that right. how isn't far off than right. what you're doing, right? 
Right. But it's asking the question. And I see so many, I work only with body work therapists, right? Who are trying to do the same thing. Who are trying to create an intentional business. And I see so many of them, you get into that hustle that you were talking about, into that zone of, I need so many clients so that I can make this much money so that I can make a go of it. And of course there is that freedom number, that exhale number, whatever you call it. You, you have to be able to keep the lights on. But then there comes a point where okay, so why am I doing all of this? Why am I hustling so hard and working with so many people and burning myself out when what I really want is just this very simple life? Well, could you scale back a little bit so that you could just live the life rather than working so hard that you buy all the things that you think that you need to live the life? Yes. Oh my God. I want you listening to literally pause this right now and go press rewind for the past 30 seconds and hear that again. That is so important. Why are you doing this? Why are you moving forward? And it's a question to constantly ask yourself, literally constantly, even if you feel like you're on it and you're in the flow, why am I doing this work? Why do I feel so busy? Do I want to feel this busy? Is this busy good for me? And there is a good busy and and what I consider an unhealthy busy. There's the busy that's like, dude, I'm on fire and I'm raring to go. And then there's this other layer of busy that is, I feel like I should be moving at this level in order to what? In order to accumulate things, to get to a place of happiness, quote unquote, that I feel like that's what that looks like. Right, right. For me, the good busy feels like I'm in flow. You know, the book by the author whose last name nobody can say. This is a really, really long last name. But being in a state of flow just is not about chilling out all the time. It's about being challenged and about contributing and being of service to others. And then there's that busy that feels heavy. It feels like, oh, I can't, I, I can barely lift up. I can barely get up in the morning because there's just so much on my mind. And that's when I stop again and say, okay, well, what are you doing? What, what is this leading to? Oh, well, I'm doing all of this so that I can eventually what, be happy. Well, you could just be happy now. I love it. But let's talk about the very realistic numbers behind that. So you niche, you face the fear, you walk dead straight into that fear of saying no to all of the extra things. And yes, yes, yes to the one thing that you really love doing that brings you joy, i.e. for now. This doesn't have to be like the forever gig that you commit to for the rest of your life. I think that's part of the fear that comes along with niching down and becoming like that specialist is, oh, am I forever going to have to do this? Like, What if I want to do something different in a year? Now, the next best thing, right? So you niche down into doing that. Business picks up because more and more people get to know who you are. More and more people know, I go to Mindy for this. How do you go deeper with that? You hinted at... You know, you listening, you're probably going to get so sick of me saying this term all the time. But I talk a lot about going an inch wide and a mile deep. And once you can really specialize, like really being able to find so much opportunity in that vertical, in that specialty. So talk a little bit about then how you went deeper and realistic results being the numbers in your business and how that showed up in your revenue coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided I wanted to do this craniosacral, decided to get as good as I could at that and charge the same amount for both massage and craniosacral. So then I started maybe seeing people half and half, half for massage, half for cranial. So then I made a pivot in 2007 
And I said, okay, I'm not taking any new massage clients. Joseph Campbell says, jump and the parachute will open. And I'm, I'm the person who's always got the parachute behind me, making sure everything is all <laughs> hooked up first. <laughs> and then I jump off the cliff. But that was a big jump. That was, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. People who are already coming to me, I'll continue to see you, but no new people for massage. It's all cranial. And guess what? I'm really getting pretty skilled at craniosacral therapy now. And the price is going up. So the price went up, I don't know, let's say to $100. Well, then a massage was $100 as well. So fewer people were coming for massage, rightly so, because they could get great massages for 70 bucks and they should go do that because I was doing this craniosacral. So the price went up. So I had to see fewer people doing the work I wanted to do to make the same amount of money. And then about a year later, I said, you know what? Prices are going to go up again. And you know, every time you raise prices, it's just like, oh gosh, no one's ever going to come back. And every single time I do it, I lose one or two people. And I'm here to tell you that those people are always, I always have this little sigh of, oh, okay, phew. Yeah. There's just a little, bless them. And they go on their way to find better things. And it opens up space for me to have people come in who I really, really love. So I continued once a year, once every other year to raise my prices till I got to a point where, well, now the practice is full and I'll raise prices again in October. And I'm making so much more money now than I was when I was trying to be all things to all people. Yes. Yeah. So to answer your question about what are the nuts and bolts of that, I think, of course, every service, everything that you offer is different, but just being really good at something allows you to charge a premium price for it. You're offering a premium service, you charge a premium price, and you don't have to see as many people then. Yeah. It all feels so simple. One of the things I love being able to bring home about business is that you truly... If you sit down to look at what do you want, i.e. what's your version of success, which by the way, no one else has your answer. And so it's worth asking that question too. What is my version of success? This is an exercise I do with a lot of clients and it is stunning to them and to me how close they are to that. How not far away they are to that. Because when we don't ask ourselves that question, we become really vague over like, I'm just, I need to go get to success, right? Just need to be successful. And so we're not really clear on what the heck that looks like. But when we actually break down and get clear on it, then we see where we are now versus where that is. And we realize like, oh, we're not so far. That only takes X amount of clients or X amount of revenue or X amount of things that I need to do, right? So it becomes really tangible. And ultimately, the point I'm making is that a lot more simple. You don't have to do all the things. I know every single week on this podcast, there's kind of a new strategy that we're talking about or a new story or like a different vantage point of looking at things. But at the end of the day, every answer really comes from within. And so simple. I think that's why for my listeners and and definitely for myself, as I continue to listen during every single one of these interviews, it simultaneously opens my world to like, oh, that's a new strategy. That's a really great way of thinking. And it anchors me back into the simplicity of what my actions need to be moving towards and what I really need, which is simple versus the complexity of what I think it needs to be. Right. And if you're talking about nuts and bolts, so you raise your prices to $200 an hour, you only need half the number of clients if you're charging $100. And you freed up a bunch of time to either take on more clients or to go hang out at the beach, right? Right. right. So (laughs) so you you have that, just using the word simplicity. I love that. And 
I would say also in that same vein, when you're asking these big questions that you and I are talking about, so, you know, what is it that you want? How do you want to serve? When you ask for the guidance and you get it, like when I said, okay, well, what do I want to do in two years? And I had this vision of me sitting, looking at the ocean. My original response in my mind, Katie, was like, oh, come on, you can't, you can't do that. That's too, you've got to work hard. You've got to. And then I thought, Mindy, you just asked for guidance and it just came in. (laughs) Who are you to shut the door on that guidance, right? (laughs) Hey, attention. And I had to really sit with it for a while and say, you know what? That is what is true with a capital T for me right now. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've served a lot of people. You know, I was a teacher. I was this, I was that. Right now, what is coming in is to stare at the ocean, is to be and stare at the ocean. And you know, this is interesting too, since I've been doing this, since I've been spending so much time at the beach, some of the best, most interesting business and life ideas have come up just from having that space and that time to do that. Oh, I love that. Now, I want to just spend a brief amount of time on this, but you mentioned before that in addition to the actual body work that you're doing, you also basically coach and mentor people who are in this arena, in this niche, and they're really where you might have been in the very beginning, which is like lots of skill, not enough business acumen. Right. That's a whole different business model. So what does that look like for you? And why did you start doing that? Well, it's the same thing we're saying again, right? So have this full practice and I started having these ideas and these thoughts coming into my mind. Well, how can I better serve? So somebody calls and they say, I'm in terrible pain. Such and so said that you could help me. Can you see me? And yeah, I can see you in two months. Well, what is that? That's not helping people. Or yeah, I can refer you to somebody else. No, I want to see you. You know, so I, okay. I thought, well, maybe I could hire somebody. And then I, well, and then I thought, well, maybe I could this, maybe I could that. And I already do a little bit of teaching of craniosacral therapy to therapists. And during those workshops, I started to see people who had these terrific skills. You know what I mean when I say they had it, they had it, but they would talk to me and say, I think I'm going to go back to waitressing or I'm going to do this or that because I can't make a go of it in my business. And they said, how did you do it? And I was like... (laughs) Don't do the long way like I did. And I started to say, maybe this is how I can be of service. Maybe this is how I can serve more people. If I can help other therapists who really are terrific at what they do, make a go of it in their practice, they can help that many more people. And again, as cheesy as it sounds, I pictured it like a ripple. So you're going out further and further without me actually having to do the hands-on work because there's only so many hours in a day. So I started kind of messing around with it a little bit, like, well, maybe I could this, or maybe I could that. And finally decided about two years ago to go all in again, just do it. (laughs) Mindy, just, just try it. And so the business model is different because it's not one-on-one, it's one-to-many. So small group coaching, and then doing some, some private one-on-one mentoring, but it is similar in that what, what we've been talking about, again, asking yourself, not now what, like it's okay to be satisfied with what you do, but are you satisfied? Is this it? Are you good? Well, I love the way that you put it. How can I serve more? What is the next level of me serving? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really interesting and it's been, you know, of course, anytime you try something new, the learning curve is so freaking steep, you know, even from 
trying to figure out different programs on your computer or whatever so that you can serve more people. But it's been a blast. And that's how I know that I'm on the right path is when we were talking about busy versus flow. When I'm in flow, even though there's a lot going on, I'm feeling really good and I'm really happy and I'm really energized. That's not to say that sometimes I'm just like, ah, this sucks. I can't do, ah, I can't figure this out, you know, but when I'm on the right path, I'm in the flow more often than I'm not. And for me, that has meant niching down, niching down, not only with the populations that I'm serving or the modalities that I'm doing, but also streamlining my time. So I'll see six or seven hands-on clients in a day. And a lot of people don't want to do that because that's just too intense. For me, it feels great. I'm in the zone. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about coaching. I'm not thinking about marketing, anything else, just being with these people. And then the days that I'm not doing that, I don't think about them at all. I'm doing my... (laughs) Doing my thing, yeah. I love that. I lo- I'm such a believer in that. Blocking your time and being present for those blocks. That's literally how I survive. <laughs> I cannot survive uh, at other times. I was telling you just before we hit record that I suck at being a mom and a business owner in the same moment. I actually... Re- it's so uncomfortable for me. And so I have to block out times to where it's like, these times are dedicated to business and these times are dedicated to being mommy. And if I'm trying to do both, I suck at both is really the truth. <laughs> yeah. I do too. I don't multitask very well, but if it's in my planner that I'm going to do this at this time, I do this at this time. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And then you're fully present. That's the biggest thing is like, then you're fully present for each of those moments. So... Mindy, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on this. I think it's a very practical step-by-step about how to niche deeper and how to do that in a way that ultimately leads to being able to design your time and how to constantly evolve in all of that. That it's not a final destination to be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at the beach five days a week. Like That is good and a great milestone. And then how can I serve more? What do I need more of? And then let's move towards that, right? So, right. right. And it's not... Um, you are so, so welcome. And for anyone listening, it's not just about the beach. It can be about whatever, whatever your heart calls you to do, whatever the guidance is telling you to do. It might be living in the city and being of service to whatever it is. But for me, having that clear vision come in and just saying, okay, let me just move in that direction. How can I move in that direction? Yes. Great, great questions. And I think we've given everyone a really good list of the deep questions, simple, but deep questions to be asking yourself to help guide the next step. I love that. Mindy, thank you so much for your time, my dear. You are welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Today's show is brought to you by ActiveCampaign, the only email marketing system you'll ever need. After nine years with the same email marketing provider that I was really, really not happy with, I was desperately searching for one that was simple, easy to manage, and affordable. ActiveCampaign easily stood out above the rest, and I have been ridiculously happy with them ever since I made the switch. Emailing my community and creating automation series for special resources has never been so simple. Whether you're ready to start your first email marketing setup or you are searching for a new provider, I highly recommend ActiveCampaign. Go check them out at bizwomenrock.com forward slash AC. That's for ActiveCampaign. bizwomenrock.com forward slash AC. AC.